Hello, and welcome to episode 343 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have interviews with comics creators in the part, in part of Lesser Known Comics Batch 5, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. All right, so we we have a we have a good team of of folks here. Let's uh let's go around real quick. Um uh and everybody give a brief uh bio about yourself and um what you did in this book and a little bit about your story. Let's uh let's start off with with Ray. Ray, can you um let us know a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, I'm a uh my name's Ray uh, Rainsberger. I go by Ray Cabornet on the internet. Um, and I'm a comic book creator, a web designer, and a climber, originally from uh, Toledo, Ohio, and now stranded in the the hellish wasteland of uh, San Diego. Uh, I'm kidding, it's paradise here. Um, and uh, yeah, I, let's see here, I have two stories in Batch 5. Um, I think LKC eight and maybe 12 i've lost track of the numbers but i have a story in there um that's kind of a, a military um slasher horror and also a uh kind of a one of those uh, stories that sits in between the other stories some space for the other stories to to kind of give some background and uh and context to the rest of what's going on in, in mark's crazy world that he's writing nice um, how about how about Ryan? Ryan, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah, I'm Ryan, obviously. Um, I've been drawing for just a couple of years. This is the first uh, comics project that I've actually done. Uh, Mark was really uh, kind of hooked me up with a script well before I was ready. But uh, um, it was the perfect challenge I needed to kind of get some skills under my belt and uh, and get going. It was a COVID kind of hobby for me that uh has taken over now it's all i really all i really do so that's really exciting um i did the lesser known comics number 10 written by mark and uh that's all i've gotten this kickstarter but i've already got a couple more things in the works with lesser known comics so i'm excited to see where that goes very cool and let's uh jump over to to doug doug how about a little bit about yourself and the the story that you have in this kickstarter Hey everybody, my name is Doug Knight. Um, my uh, my publication is Cross Eye Comics. I uh, act as a Canadian imprint of National Comics. Um, I've got uh, the story Ray Gun, which I uh, did all the illustration, colors, and lettering for. Uh, but the creator of that book is Josh Jones of uh, the Guitar Pirates podcast, as well as Epic Nerd Time podcast. Uh, he came to me with the concept of the book. Um, you know, after he had interviewed me regarding one of my titles, Chiasm. Um, and uh, and I was just super stoked to, to draw, you know, cosmic little mini comic, um, but a custodial cleanup crew, um, you know, scouring the cosmos for calamity. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of, it's good. I, I've done everything by myself up until this point, all my projects. Mm -hmm. um, this was my first uh, crack at working alongside um, another creative mind. And it was really cool kind of vibing with one another and uh, building a story, you know, one panel at a time. Very cool. And uh, David, uh, how about a little bit about yourself and uh, your story in this Kickstarter? 
Hey, I'm David, also known as David, but you white kids can call me David. Um, I, my comic book, you can find me uh, Narita Comic, at Narita Comic on all of the social media platforms and whatnot. Um, I illustrated a book called Yuriko, and it caught Mark's attention, and we put that together, put that out together uh, on Lesser Known Comics last year. Um, and then he said, hey, man, I got this thing that I want to kind of reboot. So I did a reboot for him, um, Lesser Known Comics number two, and it's about La Osa, who's this kind of magical bodyguard kind of situation in the Wild West, and she works for a, a uh, an uh, immortal Chinese brothel owner. I don't know, man. It's real weird. And mm -hmm. the thing about it is um, I the script he gave me had no dialogue at all. He was like, okay, so they're going to go in here. They're going to do that. They're going to do this. And I don't really know what they're going to say. I'll wait until you give me the images. So I gave him the images, and I still haven't seen what he's going to do for the words yet. Oh, wow. I, I'm assuming that the words are going to be awesome because, you know, Mark's a real well-spoken young man. But, I uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's my con contribution to this Batch 5. Very cool. And and not last but not least, uh, a man who's who's been on the podcast quite a, a few times. He's uh, he's in the running for uh, most featured guest. Uh, Drew, how about you and and what you have in this book? Hey guys, uh, so yeah, uh, name's Drew Lenhart. Uh, I am a, a writer, a creator, and publisher over at Snowy Works, which is a small uh, indie studio. Um, I think you're right. I think I lost track of how many times I've actually been on this show. So um, um, I've actually had a few collaborations with uh, lesser known comics in the form of uh, uh, anthology called Tales from the Dispatch. And uh, this is the first time I actually like brought a, uh, a story to Mark. And uh, the story is called Alcott Ainsworth. And it's my take on a bit of a sword and sorcery type of story. Um, which is about a, a guy that can has a time traveling stone and he uses it to root out evil in the land. Very nice. So uh, Noah, I uh, introduced all of our guests. I'll uh, turn it over to you for, for first interview questions. Yeah. I'm curious as to what uh, the elevator pitch for everybody's short stories are in, in this book, you know, it doesn't have to be, a big descriptor or anything like that, but I'm I'm curious as to what everybody's stories are about and what the inspiration behind everybody's stories are. So um, I think we started with um, did we start with Ryan last time. Uh, was it? Uh, I think it was Ray. I think Ray kicked us off. So maybe uh, Ray. That same. Yeah. Way. So yeah. 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 Um. So as far as elevator pitch, uh, the first one that i wrote which is actually the first comic i've ever i sorry not written illustrated um which is the very first comic i've ever, ever illustrated um it's a bit of a uh the the main hero of of mark's universe that he's written in um it's kind of a bit of a foreshadowing of the events to come in her story uh so there's uh, some trippy time mind bending elements in there and then for the second story, which is also the second comic I've ever written, um, it is like a, a military kind of predator um, uh, inspired uh, slasher kind of story. And 
as far as inspiration for the first, I wouldn't really be um, privy to that. Mm -hmm. um, Mark, Mark's had a lot of life experiences. Um, but as for the second story, Mark uh, did some time, is you know, serving in the military, and a lot of the characters and stuff there are actually uh, he's he's said like comes from people he's actually met uh, in the service. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so I think next in our order is is Ryan. Yeah, um, the story of mine is pretty simple. Again, Mark wrote it. Um, it's ultimately just kind of a handful of uh, young adults or older teens just kind of getting into some trouble. I live in the Seattle area and we've got kind of a famous landmark that we call the Fremont Troll. Um, and so this was very, very, very loosely kind of based on the concept of uh, some kids kind of driving around and stumbling upon the, the Fremont Troll. Um, and we've talked before about if we do some future stories that kind of the, the potential theme of this particular group of characters would be that things just kind of start out bad and get worse from there. Every, every time you think you've seen the last of the bad circumstances, it just kind of keeps going a little further. So that should be fun as, as the stories develop. Very cool. And Doug, you would be up next. I don't want to go. Uh, just kidding. Um, so Ray Gun is a, the first part of the adventure of a custodial cleanup crew um, who scour the cosmos in a really cool uh, garbage truck that I was able to kind of draw from scratch. Um, the team is comprised of uh, character 314 and his space amoeba partner. Um, in terms of the uh, the storyline, day starts out pretty routine, a couple calls, and then it takes a few twists. And we're introduced to a, a cosmic ray gun by the uh, halfway point of the story uh, because it was Josh's first crack at writing a comic book or creating anything. Um, we decided to keep it to a 10-page story, uh, 10 or 12-page story. Um, and then we beefed it up with a bunch of really cool, you know, illustrations and uh, making of pages and stuff. Um, but uh, I think as as a, a first endeavor between um, two ambitious creators, um, it shows a, a lot of really cool, um, you know, elements of storytelling and, and fun. Um, I think that like the, when we do that comparison, it's like Spaceballs meets the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, David, you would be our, our next in the order. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, elevator pitch. Uh, Stinky Pete walks into a saloon uh, because he's heard some shenanigans were going on with some out-of-town Asian broad with some magical abilities. But she's also running the brothel, so can't get too mad. <laughs> so he rolls in. He says something. I don't know what yet, Mark, if you're listening. Says something, and he points at the lady who owns the place and is like, blah, 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 words, words. And then she goes, hmm. and he goes, yeah. And then he walks outside. His hand is bloody. That's apparently important too. This is all the information that I got. So I don't really know. It'll be a surprise. When you guys get the comic after you back to Kickstarter, you'll be like, dang, that elevator pitch was spot on. Um, 
yeah, so then he walks outside, and then Homegirl follows him outside, and yeah, action is supposed to ensue. But he hasn't gotten me to draw the action yet. So this is like the teaser before the action, and hopefully the dialogue will be so good, Mark, if you're listening, that everyone will want the action to happen in the next installment. Very cool. And uh, Ray, do you do you have something that you want to add real quick? Yeah, just uh, to add on to what uh, David was saying, I I don't. It's either it either speaks to David's skill and talent as a as an illustrator, or I've read more of the script than you have because I feel like based on what I've seen of it, I I know the dialogue, but now that you're saying it, I think you're just such a good artist that like every all the script and dialogue is already there in all of the illustrations like i think i think that i have seen your pages and there's no dialogue but my brain inserted dialogue just because of how good you are there's there's none i even sent him pages with little word bubbles and it just said words damn it words <laughs> words fooey words 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 and i was like i mean i don't know i don't know what they're saying but i'm assuming that this guy's pissed so i'm gonna draw him pretty bad and i mean I'm from Texas, so drawing a stinky Pete cowboy who's angry in a saloon is pretty easy. I can just walk down the street and like look at somebody at the corner store, and I'm like, "Uh huh, cowboy outfit. Yep, that works." You know, so <laughs> very cool. And Drew, um, can you add a little bit about your your story that's that's here? Yeah, so my elevator pitch: um, Al Ainsworth, he's the protector of the Tyrant Stone and works with a young peasant to defeat and dispel an evil man. So um, this kind of got its inspiration from a uh, Sinbad comic book that I have kind of lying around from one of those old Marvel's book, Marvel comics books from the 70s. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. I, I worked with uh, Louis Escaraga, whom I've been working with you know, since like 2016 or 2017. Um, it's it's a short book. Um, it's about 15 pages, but it's got some interesting characters. And, you know, like I said before, it's a bit of sword and sorcery and some fun adventure to it. Very cool. So if I am new to the to the lesser known comics universe and lesser known comics Kickstarter, uh, am I correct in assuming that there's some reoccurring stories or some reoccurring characters and then there's a collection of, of of new things is that generally how it works with the batches yes that is how that works sort of okay um mark's stories are a bit of a scattershot at this point because he's trying to get uh collected ideas to turn into one cohesive universe as it was uh as it were so uh there's a character named danny who recurs and i think almost every Thing that I've seen that's within Mark's kind of universe, and she's out. She has to have short bangs, and she has to look a certain way. So that was the only like distinct direction that he gave me. He's like, okay, this is my main character. She's gonna time travel. She's gonna do all this other stuff later on. And he showed me some other stuff that uh, Abel Garcia had drawn for her previously, and blah blah blah. But um, yeah, so the the Batch Five stuff, you're gonna see some okay things within his universe but also i think it's just an introduction to like for example what doug is working on okay yeah, that's 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 not i don't have anything to do with mark's story or universe i don't think but it's uh within the lkc realm of cool possibilities 
Awesome. Uh, Noah, do you have a question for, for the group? Yeah, I'm, I'm Drew answered a, a bit of it of, with the artist that he's working with. And I know uh, David is, is drawing the comic himself, but so I guess for David, the question would be just sort of uh, how his approach to doing a shorter comic is to uh, a longer comic. And then I think from there, I'd, I'd love to hear of what everybody's working relationship is like with their artists and who their artist is on their stories. So yeah, I guess David, just uh, what, what's your approach for a shorter comic versus a longer comic? Um, well, the the script that Mark gave me was extremely loose, like I said. So uh, I I almost like scripted it myself. Once I got the script from him, I was like, okay, well, he wants these things to happen by the end of page six or whatever. I mean, I think it's only seven pages long. So I set it up to where by the end of by the by the end of page seven x thing had happened so i had to plot out, okay well page four or these four things have to happen page one i can have i got space for a big splash that kind of thing it's kind of the same as setting up for a larger comic except you know you just really have to condense it down if you want it you're not going to have room for example to do a two-page splash and uh, Mark is too cheap to do a, a huge gatefold fold out that's embossed with gold foil like I wanted to do. Um, so you know you have to you have to kind of curtail yourself and try and make it work. But I mean the same thing happened. I did I did a piece for the um, Apollo City Comics uh, punk anthology and it was six pages long and it was really really fun. It's like telling a short story as opposed to writing a novel. You know you 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 have to try and fit it all into those six or seven pages. And not um, not worry so much about like oh here's a splash panel and here's this and here's that. It's like no, what can I do with a small tiny panel, Mike Mignola style, and how can that be effective? Because you're working in a smaller format. You know? That's that's awesome. Um, so we have a couple of uh, artists on here. So for the the artist. What was your approach to to um, working with with Mark here? Lots of groveling and thanking him for letting me uh, <laughs> participate. Um, uh, Mark did a really cool thing around the pandemic where just when he was just building LKC to begin with, where he just found a bunch of people who were stoked on comics. Mm -hmm. And some of them, like myself, were, uh, it was my very first comic I'd ever illustrated or even thought about illustrating. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of handholding on his part. And, and honestly, I think everything I know about making a comic as far as the flow, the panel flow and all that uh, came from Mark or, or stuff that he uh, uh, pointed me towards. So my process in making it is really just uh, staring starry-eyed at, at Mr. Bernal. <laughs> that was a pretty similar process for me as well. Awesome. So it seems like everybody had some sort of uh, working relationship or, or friendship with with Mark um, prior to this. Uh, is that uh, is that is that true? Yeah. So I ended up um, speaking with Mark and Dan Price from Bigfoot Nose Karate on uh the same interview i don't know i guess like two years ago um okay. and it kind of it went from like this real organic like uh you know 
I'm working on this, 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 I got this going on and I'm this and that, that kind of thing. So it was a cool handshake moment, you know, virtually. Uh, and then it turned into kind of relationship where when I was running my Kickstarters, um, Mark from Lesson Old Comics was able to offer me, you know, an option for uh, US-based distribution to mm-hmm. help kind of incentivize uh, lower shipping costs and stuff like that. So, um, you know, as a, a partner in publication, it's been a very um, beneficial symbiotic process. One of the cool things for this Kickstarter has been the fact that because I'm up in, you know, Northern Toronto, um, I've been able to, you know, kind of put myself down for Canadian shipping as well. Uh, so once, you, you know, as we were setting up the Kickstarter, we were able to drop shipping costs for that as well, because as anybody in the crowdfunding game knows at this point, uh, you know, shipping is kind of the killer of all like momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was been, that was pretty cool in terms of like making, um, comics with a creator for the first time, um, you know, up until this year, I've done a few issues of my comic book chiasm. I've got the other title, super wicked white soul squadron. Um, I was in the punk rock anthology and I've got a whole bunch of other cool stuff going too, but I typically do a lot of storyboarding and then like finish my pages and then right on top of everything. Um, so when Josh Jones came to me with this, like, really cool concept and like his script i was able to kind of take all the points that i thought would be really dynamic storytelling elements and then i you know enhance them and um i would punch up some of the writing if i had the room to play with and stuff and i think in in this regard for a first time experience it was a great opportunity to kind of you know um flex what i've accumulated but then really like learn how to communicate to somebody for the first time why I do the things that I do. Um, and so I think that's been the really cool thing about the Less Known Comics Orbit is that uh, everybody's got an opportunity to learn, teach, and uh, instruct their stuff all at the same time. Very nice. So I have one more question, um, and then I'll, I'll turn things over to Noah. Um, it seems like uh, a lot of you guys are veterans to Kickstarter um, and have run Kickstarters with like your your solo project or, or, or your one title, what is your experience like being part of like a, a team? Um, you know, you guys have a batch, so you guys have a bit of a team effort with promotion. Has it, has it been easier uh, to, to do it this way as opposed to, you know, like I'm going to Kickstarter with the issue of my, my one comic where I'm the sole sort of, um, you know, creator, the sole, you know, marketer all that good stuff How, how's the experience been being part of a team here well i think that uh for one thing it's it's very very good to have something to talk about all the time right so in, I, I have my, like your co three is in the works um and narita book two is in the works right and i want to launch those later but in the in the downtime um I want to have something to talk about so I can plug CyberSync. I can plug the LKC batch five Kickstarter. Also, there's like a, a slew of other, of other books that were released since the last Kickstarter solo Kickstarter that I did myself. So being part of LKC kind of gives me a reason to kind of get on the horn and stay on people's minds as a creator and as somebody who's promoting things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it also, it's just, he's always talking about how it's like echoing. Uh, it's like a megaphone. And it reverberates. So, if we all kind of even just do a half-assed job of promoting everybody's book, then everybody's book gets that le- at least that level of half-assery from other people. So it's not just you constantly berating people with 
uh, you know, advertising for your own stuff. It's it's other people also saying it, which that looks good to the algorithm. It looks good to your your viewers. And oh, other people like this. I should like it too because you know people are lemmings. In, I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else have any, any thoughts of what it's like to to work in a in a team in a, in a universe and uh, have other stories in in this Kickstarter? Um, I like for me. I mean, I've I've ran like a lot of campaigns in the past, and this time around, it it kind of feels like a lot of pressure's taken off on me, and that's kind of nice because I don't feel like I have to go out on on social media every single day to do a post. But I I you know I notice you know everybody in the groups getting something out daily. So all I need to do is kind of share. So from that perspective, it's been, you know, for me, you know, quite refreshing. Very nice. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, I think that the other thing too, that kind of um, speaks to a relationship with, uh, you know, an ecosystem like Lessonal Comics is that even when we are running our solo campaigns, we'll still toss, um, you know, a, a shadow, you know, collaborator on there um, whose name might have been mentioned like 650 times already. Um, and what that does is it allows us to set up our campaign and then, you know, um, Mark will give it a once over just to see how he feels about it and he'll contribute to it. But it also allows him to, you know, update for us and, and give the assistance there. That being said, um, you know, advertising a lot of really cool books is kind of a, a sick perk, um, you know, and to, to totally jump on, uh, you know, David's back, like um, it's like it's perfect to to stay active with projects while you've got other things going on. When you do have the chance to kind of you know strut your own thing, it's a totally different game. Marketing yourself and you know working cons and stuff like that, or um, you know it's it's all part of the indie comic hustle. Um, but I think that definitely when you build out your you know your con candy, like you've got this thing where it's it's one thing to sell like your book is people are obviously going to come talk to you about the artwork that you're producing and stuff like that and the stories you're telling, but it's also a really cool hook to say, you know, okay, well, if, if you don't think that like I've got necessarily everything that you're looking for, I've got this punk rock horror book over here or this, you know, cosmic, you know, space odyssey over here, or I've been part of this uh, wicked sci-fi um, anthology for, with uh, my buddy drew, you know? So it's like by participating in anthologies, um, you know, like it's this huge, you know, um, spectrum opener that allows you to, you know, explore other options of, of really marketing yourself to different demos. Yeah, those are some really great points. Thank you. Uh, Noah, uh, question for the, for the guys. Uh, yeah, so I, I had a question and it was mentioned briefly about how Mark does a good job shouting out everybody's Kickstarters and things like that. But I'm just curious about um, once the anthology is curated and all the teams are put together, is Mark someone that tries to keep like everybody in a group chat or in like one big email and, and keep the communication going? Is, is that sort of how he goes or is it sort of everybody is just sort of free to participate as they will? Um, I'm just curious as to like, you know, yeah, it was cool that Drew booked this, podcast and then was able to get in touch with all of you guys to have you on but i was curious as to like when the when the project starts and everybody is you know sharing their progress and things like that is it sharing with everybody or is it just with mark um i mean anyone can answer that do 
we mention the clubhouse? I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to mention the clubhouse. Um, there's a group mm-hmm. chat. Mark, they, go ahead. Go so, someone else. Called. There's a there's a group there's a group chat that we have going on Instagram with all the LKC people and LKC adjacent people, and it it, it usually it's it's uh it's fun because it starts out very serious. Somebody will say, "Hey, there's this podcast that's going to be talking about illustrators and creators involved with X, Y, and Z. If anybody's interested, please go to this link and blah blah blah." And invariably, it turns into like the most crazy fart jokes, uh-huh. you know, and like <laughs> terrible dad jokes. Almost instantly. So I'll check it and I'll be like, dang, I really got to scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. I'm like, that guy looks like he's got something important to say. Okay, that made sense. You know, so yes, there is a there is a, a through line for all of this bizarreness, for sure. That's really cool. And um, are you guys like giving feedback to each other on your projects as they're going? Or is it, uh, is, just, is it just Mark sort of overseeing the progress of things? I'd say it's definitely a pretty supportive uh, um, culture where, you know, we'll share pencils, inks, stories, whatever. And, uh, and you know, we'll, we can even have, we have access to each other to talk about variants and stuff like that. Um, but then if there's any, like, you know, specific criticisms or anything, I think we've got a pretty good candor about private messaging so we can have a conversation to that might potentially, you know, irk somebody that we can handle in a separate forum. Oh, that's that's cool. so cool. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody involved in LKC probably has a private message thread going with someone else in LKC where we just talk trash about Mark, you know, because we <laughs> don't want him to hear about it like live on a podcast or something. You know what I'm saying? So we try to keep it very cordial, you know, while we're there, and then we try to turns into fart jokes. But for example, like uh, uh, Brandon DePillis just uh, uh, did, he just uh, released Auto Auto Lice on uh, Kickstarter and. He was working with some cover designs, and so he threw them up there onto the group thing, and he said, hey, hey, what do you guys think? There's some awesome illustrators here. What do you think about the placement of this character, uh, these color schemes, this kind of, like, what do y'all think, A, B, or C? And everybody has something constructive to say. No one's like, well, it sucks. You should just throw it away. Everyone's like, I love it. What if you tried this? I'm voting for option A or option B or whatever. You know what I mean? And I find that really uh, enlightening to be in a community that's not totally snarky and crappy and that's actually helpful it's pretty cool i would guess one of the other benefits is uh it helps with uh you know inspiration to see like the folks that you're working with do something cool um you know it might inspire you to to get to the keyboard or to get to the drawing table so just you know seeing cool images getting cool ideas i, I would think that that would just help you stay inspired as well I think that kind of the something about that is that there really aren't any lazy sacks of crap in the group. Um, so like the, that, like that fire is kind of raging everywhere. Like nice. there's never, like nobody's never not doing anything. Um, and, uh, and the other thing really cool is that there are so many different styles, you know, manga artists and, you know, the like art house to the really like illustrative, to the, like old school comic books and stuff. So everybody's got like, this totally different chop. And then the part of it that interacts with each other is that like, we, we are all, you know, these like, we're, we're viciously driven forces. Um, so, you know, that, that motivation is just like, I don't 
think there's ever been like a flat spot in the conversation because it's constant uh, contribution. That's that's really cool. Um, so I, uh, I I have a couple of questions about Kickstarter, but I want to see if Noah has uh, anything that might relate to art or story before we sort of move into to that realm. Nope, go ahead and ask about Kickstarter. Okay, so we generally have this one question for, for Kickstarter creators or creators who have a Kickstarter while they're on. Um, and I think Drew has experienced this before. Um, but it is what type of Kickstarter runner are you? Um, are you able to set it and forget it, go go about your day and maybe check in? Or are you refreshing the page every 30 seconds, looking at backer count, funding totals? Um, so let's see if we can go in the, the order that we were going in. Ray, you would be the, the first one to, to answer that question. Yeah, um, I just ran my first solo Kickstarter, uh, um, losing track, I think two months ago now. And it started off, it started off checking it every couple seconds. Um, and then I looked away from it. And then when I came back to it, it was like, oh my God, I like it funded. And it was just constantly watching it go up and, and watching like the support pour in. And it was just I, I think I'm I'm still in disbelief um that I'm still like able to make comics and able to publish comics. So the type of Kickstarter runner I am is like like just always on the verge of happy tears. You know, even if even even at the beginning when um there was only a couple hundred in uh for my emails, I think it was a thousand dollar goal. It mm -hmm. was just the fact that people were willing to like throw money at that project yeah. because they want it in their hands. So I'm I'm just an eternally grateful Kickstarter runner, I guess. That's awesome. That's uh, that's a good place to be. Hopefully, someday I won't be a maniac and I can I can be uh, calm and have tears of tears of joy. But uh, I haven't got there just yet. Um. So I think Ryan, you're next in in our order. Um. What is your demeanor and your your thoughts and attitude when you're running a Kickstarter? Calm, cool, and collective, or nervously clicking the the refresh button? Um, this is my first one, so I don't know like long term how like what category I fall under. But but so far I've been pretty pretty calm, cool, and collected. Um, you mentioned earlier that there are a lot of people in this group who are like very experienced yeah. Kickstarter um, participants, and so I think I lucked out with that a lot. Um, and someone else was mentioning just the level of kind of sharing. I feel like in this group, there isn't any one person who's really like shouldering a lot of the load. Um, there's a lot of one person will post something, whether it's their own or somebody else's and everyone else kind of goes out and shares that. And the next day it's somebody else who's posted something. And so every day we do get movement, um, but it's not, it doesn't really feel like it's on any one person's shoulders. And I think that helps kind of stay, stay calm and relaxed about it all. Um, but but yeah, I mean, we will we'll see what happens in future projects. Uh, I tried specifically kind of going into this one to not get too worked up either direction because I didn't really know it being my first time. I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. Uh, but luckily, I was with a good group and it's it seems to be going well so far. So it's been exciting. Nice. So I think uh, I think, Doug, are you up next to, to answer this question? 
I think so. Um, yeah, the first campaign obviously was a lot of uh, refreshing and, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to survive that, that midpoint lull of uh, stagnation. Um, you know, and once I kind of got to the end of it, it was all right. The, the second Kickstarter I did was uh, designed with, you know, the intention of getting as many books made. So you get uh, copies into children's hospitals. Um, so I was a little bit more focused on it for different reasons. You know, I was more invested in the growth of it as a uh, as a, a large print um, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but then as you get involved with group projects, I find that that's there's a less stress because if you're not the showrunner on it, then uh, you know you're a little bit more comfortable just kind of seeing, like letting someone else stress out about it. And then when you get like the updates, like oh cool, and you can post and share and you know, do all the fun stuff. It's like being an aunt or an uncle, right? You get to load the kid up with sugar and send them home back to their parents mm-hmm. once uh, once you're done having fun for the day. Uh, but since I'm a parent, um, I also know the pressures of stressing over sleep and not eating your dinner and all that other fun jazz too. So it's, um, I think that you have to, you have to be the first to appreciate the second in, uh, in the situation. Yeah, I like that analogy. Uh, so, so David, um, what is your experience with Roth running a Kickstarter? Are you uh, calm, cool, and collective, or nervously refreshing? The, the I think the first Kickstarter I did, I was I was a little bit more nervous. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Um, and Mark assured me he was like, "You've done better on your graphics for this Kickstarter than most people do on their third or fourth or fifth Kickstarter." So you're all right. I was like, "I don't believe you." don't believe anything you say. You're so short. It doesn't make sense. I'm scared. But by the third Kickstarter, I was kind of like, I don't want to do it for 30 days. I just want to do it literally for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to hit it really hard for two weeks, not refreshing the page necessarily. I'll do that like once a day or whatever, just to see like, well, hey, it worked or it didn't. But uh, promoting it. So I, I'll stack two weeks filled with like, illustrations that i'm going to release all over twitter and all over instagram and all over you know facebook and blah 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 all that kind of stuff and i'll have that all ready to go so for two weeks straight i'm definitely glued to the glued to the screen and social media blasting it and then afterwards i'm like that's it i'm not i'm out i can't do that for 30 days i can't keep it up for 30 days and i feel like those longer kickstarters are they become they they drag out you get the, the lull and halfway through so yeah you know that's me no that i i think that that's uh i've seen a lot of the people that are you know we all started and it was 30 days noah and i actually did a 60 day campaign one time and we we vowed that that'll never never happen again um but it's never again 14 21 days seems to be uh the new sort of sweet spot for for kickstarters at least comic book kickstarters yeah, I mean, I figure people are either interested or they're not interested, and there's only so much extra, there's only so many stragglers you can pick up along the way. Plus, I mean, if you plan on putting out another comic book ever again in your life, you can add on your previous comic books as add-ons to the next campaign, so people can get caught up, and that's really cool. Yeah, and I realize that now, so it's not, it's like going to a bakery, and you order a cheese danish, and a cinnamon roll, and like three tea cookies, and one of those big nasty like pumpkin cookies and you just you order everything in the case it's like you're never going to go to the bakery again you can go to the bakery again it can happen 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah, very cool. And and Drew, you're you're up uh, you're up last here, and you've been you've been asked this question. But uh, for anybody who hasn't heard your answer, could you could you let us know? Yeah, um, my first few campaigns, I was that guy that would devote a special monitor on my computer just to have that page up to refresh it every 10 seconds. Um, you know, as I've done more, I've become more calm and collective, but I also, you know, I'm a software developer in my day job. So I finally got smart and I wrote a program to shoot me a text when, when we get a backer. So I guess in a sense, I'm calm and collective, but I'm still up to date with, with where things are coming in at, but yeah, I'm, still kind of interesting how I do it but um like early on I you know I was always like a little high strung if yeah. you know I didn't get uh you know at least 50% of the backing or of the funding in the first 24 hours and now it's you know I'm pretty calm all the way through cuz I know you know with keeping up with my updates and social media posts you know I'm I don't usually get too concerned about not funding so yeah very cool well, um, I like there was a lot of varying perspectives there, and uh, I think we got a lot of good answers. Uh, Noah, before we go and ask everybody a little bit more about the the Kickstarter, uh, any any thoughts or, or questions for the guys? No, it was really cool. I I um, we've had limited interactions with Mark in the past, and um, but followed a lot of his projects, so it was cool to hear what it was like. You know being a part of this anthology and everybody's uh, unique, but like uh, collective experiences with the book. So thanks for coming on guys. Awesome. Uh, so do you guys um, as a group uh, have a person that you think is best to, to sum up the, the project um, in, in total um, to, to sort of talk about it and, you know, as, as a Kickstarter, as a unit itself, is, is there one of you that you feel is best suited to do that? I feel like David has like the most experience out of all of us with, with any of this. Cool. Um, could you, uh, could you give us a, a, a you know, a review of, of batch five lesser known comics? I'm, I'm literally smiling to myself because as I'm, I'm sitting there going, man, that's not me. Why hope <laughs> they don't call on me? I'm like the dude in the back of the classroom shooting spit laws at people. But I guess that sort of embodies LKC to some to some, to some extent. We're all a bunch of kids at the back of the room shooting spit laws at each other. And that's why you should back this Kickstarter because these are the kids that are going to make the future of comics a reality. Very cool. And Naveed, while we, we have you and you gave us that, um, a little bit about your story in this batch. Uh, it's, it, it is going to hopefully be expanded into a full 28-page uh, uh, comic about La Osa. And I'm really excited about it because you kind of gave me free reign to design the character and what she's going to look like and what her mannerisms and all that kind of stuff is. And um, I, I, every time I every time I read read with quotation, I'm doing air quotes right now. Every time I read these seven pages, because there's no words on them yet, <clears throat> Mark, um, I get really excited for what's going to happen once she starts fighting these dudes that are outside hunting her. Yeah. Um, 
because that's like the meat of the fruit. And I think that when people get the comic in their hand, they'll be like, yes, yes, I want to know more. And if you do get the comic and you do back the Kickstarter, because people listening to that, y'all should, y'all should back the Kickstarter. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's, a, it's out of the park. When you do and you get in your hands, you should send a message to Mark saying, hey, you know that that one guy who did that illustration of the La Osa, like the Stinky Pete Western thing? You should turn that into a full comic. Like, encourage him. You know what I mean? Because he needs some encouragement. Poor sad, sweet little Mark. That, that you should sounds, all encourage him. That, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a plan. Uh, Ray, let's kick it over to you. Uh, a little bit more about your story in this awesome Kickstarter. Oh uh, yeah. Um so the first one that I did uh is kind of like the you know Mark Mark has a whole wide vision um of of all this crazy stuff that Danny's going to go through all these crazy stories and he's had all of us have our own little peeks into it and I can imagine that some of us know more about certain aspects of the universe than, than others but um yeah the first story is kind of this it's almost like a peek into the 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 characters are like the observer or the watcher in mm-hmm. Marvel comics. These eternal characters that kind of um, represent different forces. Um, and so this is Danny's uh, first interaction with one of them, and she's just a she's just a dive bar waitress who happens to or dive bar uh, bartender who happens to have like the uh, all powers of observation in the universe at her fingertips. Very nice. And and Ryan, how about you? A little bit more about your story. Uh, my story is just about a, a group of friends who are just out kind of on a drive, uh, drinking and smoking. Don't drink and drive. Um, but then one of them has to get out of the car for some reason. And so they do. And while he decides he's going to go off exploring, he, as I mentioned earlier, uh, stumbles upon the Fremont Troll. Anyone who knows the Fremont Troll knows that in real life, it's just like a sculpture under a bridge. In this comic, however, it is a fully living, like seven to eight foot tall troll living under this bridge. Um, And so, yeah. And so uh, it's just kind of about all of them realizing that this troll exists and uh trying to run for their lives and there's a little bit of a kind of a couple different actually like ooh, how did that actually end what's going to happen next moments at at the tail end of it so that's that's fun that's a very good tease doug um can you tell us a little bit uh about your story as we close up here sure ken bob um ray gun is uh, it's a cosmic adventure. Like it's uh, there's a, there's a lot of space out there, but um, you know our version of space has a lot of rock and roll and some very cool characters um, being developed in it. Um, both Josh and I are are blue collar hard workers for our family, so it was kind of cool developing characters. You know where the personality speaks. You know through the page to. Um, you know, the connection to, to our commitment to work and to, you know, that pet that was special to you and, you know, to that um, dedication to doing whatever job needs to be done to, you know, bring the bacon home. Um, and uh, and I think that, uh, you know, the fun of what we've created and kind of the, the sci-fi and technology that we've 
you know, decided to, to make happen in this book are going to be things that uh, allow you to, you know, allow us to set up another, you know, big expansive universe of characters that do whatever because science and, you know, um, just having a lot of fun. It's just, it's just a book that's about rock and roll and cleaning up messes and having fun. That, that's that's great thank you uh drew uh you're up here uh, a little bit more about your your part of this this batch five yeah so uh alcott ainsworth it's it's a fantasy story it's the sword and sorcery uh, kind of got its inspiration from sinbad um it's it's a short black and white story i think it's like 13 or 14 pages long but um it it really kind of sets up for a lot of things i could do with the character and even the the villains of the story so kind of excited about that i am actually working on the next issue already so um yeah it's a fun uh, fun little story very cool well we're gonna have a link to the uh kickstarter in our show notes um we want to make it as easy as possible for for people to find this kickstarter um, guys, just want to thank everybody uh, for being on. It was really great to, to have everybody. Um, in addition to the show notes uh, the, with the Kickstarter link, there'll be a link to Dying Days in previews. Um, that's from Red 5 Comics. I'm the creator of that, and Noah was the letterer of that. So there'll be another link there. If you want to follow our podcast, we are on Twitter slash X at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.